My name's Pete Roper. This is the Skinhead Bunker. And this is the big one. The Retaliator Special! Patriotic Alcoholics from the EP of 2001. So, uh, welcome to the Skinhead Bunker and the Retaliator Special. I think I'm going to enjoy this. Uh, Retaliator, my band, uh, the band that changed my life. Um, I'm going to... I've plucked out... It's hard to do. I've tried to pick out all my favourite songs, but then... um, then I thought, really and truly, I ought to be picking one out from each sort of era, which made it a bit trickier. I've had to drop some songs that that I really like, 
and bring others in that I don't like as much, but you know, it's it's a fair representation right across the board um, over the twenty years, I guess. Um, so I hope you enjoy it. I'm, I think I'm going to enjoy it, and uh, uh, let's go straight into it, shall we? Let's let's start off. I'm going to start off with two on the bounce um, with. Probably two of my all-time favourite Retaliator songs. First one, A Bridge Too Far, um, from our album When Duty Calls, uh, which was released on Pure Impact 2005, and followed by our cover of The Madness Song, no less. Bed and Breakfast Man. Enjoy these. Get dumb cause they're out of luck Skinner sitting in a smashed up bar Skinner 
Yeah, Bridge Too Far, followed by Bed and Breakfast Man there. Uh, Bridge Too Far. Um, I wrote out about a situation that a lot of skinheads will, will rec- recognise. It's, uh, um, you know, you're in a boozer somewhere or, or wherever. You're, you're on your tod. Um, and being a skinhead, you're a fucking psycho magnet. And they all, all want a fucking piece of you. You know, it used to be worse. Uh, maybe because you know, when you're younger, you're a you're a softer target. Maybe I don't I don't know. It ain't happened for a long time, but it used to it used to happen. You know, fairly regularly. Well, that was London, but you know, I'm sure it happened everywhere else, where you know you you just attract trouble everywhere you went. You know, it was mad times. Um, the second track, Bed and Breakfast Man, always been one of my favourite. Um, madness songs we wanted to do a madness song but we felt that if we tried to recreate one of their sort of scar sounding songs it it would probably be a bit lame so we chose Bed and Breakfast Man because it's, it's just a straight tune isn't it? it's a bluesy straight tune and that was great fun to do I, I, I learnt the bass line you know, and I tried to do it exactly the same so because in the bass line there, you've really got the feel for the song. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was good fun to do. And I think we did, did a pretty good job. Not a bad cover of a, of a Madness song by an oi band. Not many have, have tried. Uh, but we did. We tried lots of things that were a bit different and outside the box. That was us. Uh, didn't always work, but uh, sometimes it did. So, let's have another cover. 
not that we couldn't write our own songs, but we did enjoy doing a cover and and doing something a little bit different. Hence this one from 2006, uh, which was on the 10th anniversary EP. Green, green grass of home. <laughs> We didn't do that because we were uh, massive Tom Jones fans or anything. That was uh, just got the idea on a ferry coming back from a gig. There was like a, a, a band, a band playing, and uh, they did that song. They were uh, Bulgarians, I think, and with the Pigeon English, um, they're a good band. Mu- musically, they were very good. 
you know, it sounded great, but it sounded quirky and quite funny, and it just set a light bulb off in my head, and I thought, fuck me, that'd make a good cover. So uh, I told the boys, and, and they agreed, and, and there it is. And uh, I like it. I hope you do. Um, most people seem to. So result, another successful cover. Right, on to some more darker, serious stuff. Now, this this one, uh, we did it originally, and then we we redid it in 2006 because of the London bombings. And we, we felt the song, the original song, um, it didn't have a guitar solo in the middle, and, and we felt it didn't really go anywhere. It, it, was, it got a bit boring to play live. It, it was in our live set, and it, it did get a bit boring. It needed something. So uh, we decided to uh, revive it and give it a middle eight uh, with a guitar solo in the middle. And it really did give it a new injection of life. And, and, and I love it now. I mean, I, I liked the original, but the 2006 version, I, I love it. Um, and let's face it, <laughs> it's still relevant, as relevant today as it was back then, you know, if not more so. Um, you look at the new Mayor of London, etc., and we know we're all fucking headed what road we're going down, and I don't think there was any more song um, nailing it, really, than this. Yeah, we probably got a lot of fucking shit for doing it because I suppose you could call it an RAC song in a way, you know. Um, it's that feel. A lot of oi bands wouldn't have had the balls to, to do this song. But we didn't give a fuck. No compromise, mate. Armed and ready.
Yeah, Armed and Ready there from uh, 2006, uh, which, as I said, was on our 10th anniversary EP. It uh, was released by uh, Boris Dessain and uh, Camden Town Zine. Uh, I, like, I, I love that song. Um, one of my favourite bass lines as well. I, I always enjoyed playing that. Um, right, uh, let's have two on the bounce. Um, sticking with the uh, 2006 uh, 10th anniversary EP. I'm going to play another one off there. Yet another cover. Uh, <laughs> this was Ian wanted to do a jam cover. Um, fair enough, you know, I quite like the jam. So uh, we thought we'd have a stab at this one. And I thought we'd done it all right. I thought I quite like it. I think we nailed it. And that's a bomb in Wardour Street, and that will run into another track off the Patriotic Alcoholics EP of 2001. Take these chains. Um, enjoy.
Yes, I take these chains. Uh, a funny little song, a little bit different, not your bog standard oi tune, um, and not your bog standard story either. It's it's not that dark a story really. It's a it's about my uh, perceived bad luck, which I've I've always been a bit of an unlucky fucker. Seems to follow me around, and we used to have a laugh about it in a band, but it used to it was a bit of a fucking pain. Um, and I sort of traced it back to, um, I grew up in West Norwood and Gypsy Hill and trace it back to, to there. It's a local legend. Um, basically, a couple of hundred years ago, uh, that wasn't part of London, that was part of the Surrey Downs and a massive great big forest called the Great North Wood, which was a really dangerous place to go through. It was full of cutthroats and gypsies and you know, highwaymen and you didn't go through it lightly. Now, the gypsies, uh, different to, you know, not pikeys that you got now, these were a proper sort of proud people, and they actually had a queen. Uh, And I I don't know, she was always known as the Gypsy Queen of the South, so I'm assuming that there was a separate tribe of gypsies that had the North, and and they had their own royalty. But anyway, uh, the Gypsy Queen of the South... Now all all this legend, uh, it, it's it's all it's all documented. Um, I've 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 studied it and read about it, and and you can see it all in the the pub names in that area and the street names. You know, you got Gypsy Hill, you got uh, Romany Road, you got Gypsy Road, you got the Gypsy Queen Pub, you got two Gypsy Tavern pubs. Um, it's it's there for you to see, and I've even seen a photo of the Gypsy Queen. Now, when most of her tribe was wiped out with a great plague and then eventually she died. She was buried sitting up. Now, there's lots of legends around it that she cursed herself because she didn't want to be buried in a in a like a plague pit with all the others because she was a queen. She wanted to be buried sitting up. But it seems that she used to sit like cross-legged um, at the edge of the road um, and she did that for most of her life. And, uh, and they reckon that uh, her back fused and when she died, they had to break her back. Uh, nobody wanted to do it because they didn't want to be cursed. But anyway, um, I used to be a pretty decent footballer as a kid. I wasn't bad, but I was a bit one-sided. And uh, yeah, before you say it, yes, I was on the fucking right wing. But anyway, I was a bit weak on my left foot. And my PE teacher, who was a ex-professional footballer, said to me, you've got to bring your left on a bit. If you're going to get anywhere in football, you've got to bring your left on a bit. Train to use your left. So I used to go out on a Sunday on my Todd before my me, me Sunday dinner was ready, and I'd go over this uh, sort of park and play football with a tennis ball, but only use my left foot. Um, and it did. It, it brought my left foot skills on, and over the years of playing football, I'd, I'd tucked a few away with my left. Uh, so it worked. But where I used to play, it was it was a private, closed off few acres of like sort of pasture, I suppose, grassland, um, and apparently it was owned by Dulwich College, uh, but it was private. You weren't meant to be there. And later on, years later, I found out why, and that's because that was the plague pit that the gypsies were buried under. And right in the middle, every time I was walking back, normally needed a piss. I would piss against this distinctive red tree. Well, it turns out that red tree was planted over the grave of the Gypsy Queen of the South. And there's me fucking curse. So that's what that song's about. Um, 
take it with a pinch of salt if you want, but, you know, is there truth in it? I don't know, there could be. Fucking could be. Right, onwards. More music from the governors, from Retaliator. Actually, the governors are really the Cockney rejects. But anyway, you know what I mean. A uh, couple more. Now, this one, this next one, uh, both of these, are the next two are both from Against the Grain album on Pure Impact from 2001, which was our second album. Um, and the first one, at the time, it never struck me as as a great song. It was, a, in my opinion, it was an okay song. It was easy to play. We stuck it in the set because it was it was easy and fun to play and the crowd seemed to like it. So it stayed in the set. But other than that, I never really thought of it as being a, a great tune. But you go on YouTube and that song gets more plays than any of our other songs. It seems to have gone bonkers. And it seems that some people think it's our best song. Now, I would disagree with that. But it has made me sort of re-listen to it and think, oh, yeah, it ain't a bad song. So um, I'm going to play it and then... Uh, it's going to go straight into a nice little song. <laughs> I'll tell you the story about the second song afterwards, but the first song is Freedom, followed by In the Danelaw. <laughs>
in the Danelaw was, uh, it's, you know, you could call it a Viking song, but uh, it's not really. That's a, a misconception that, that it's a Saxon song. It's about the, the Battle of Morden in Essex um, from a Saxon point of view. Now, obviously, all your Reds got the wrong end of the stick here and thought we were being typical right-wingers banging on about Vikings. And some prick even said to us... Uh, why are you singing about Vikings? You live in East Anglia, you fucking idiots. I mean, what a fucking ill-educated muppet. 
You know, East Anglia was the heart of the Danelaw. It was where the Vikings had near enough conquered the whole of fucking England. But uh, and uh, Norwich in Norfolk, the capital of Norfolk, we were 20 miles down the road from there in Great Yarmouth. But Norwich was the capital of the Danelaw. So an extremely relevant song. We we would we did it from the point of view of the Saxons in the battle because we're Saxons. We're Anglo-Saxon, you know. I'm proud of it. But a lot of a lot of people in East Anglia and Norfolk actually, when they did a Y chromosome uh, DNA uh, survey some years back, they found that uh, I forget what the percentage was, but it was really really high that the bloodline of the people in uh, Norfolk specifically traced back to the Vikings. So uh, that fucking red having a pop at us saying what the fuck are you singing about Vikings for? You're from Norfolk. What a fucking mug. Anyway, um, right, I'm going to bring this a little bit more up to date. I've been playing some quite old stuff. Now I'm going to play something that's uh, fairly new in comparison. And this is from our Lionhearted album uh, of 2012 uh, on our own label. Um, You could call it a comeback album. I see it as just another Retaliator album. Uh, I kind of hope that's not the end of the road. I kind of hope. There could be another one in the future. So uh, I'm going to play one track off there to begin with, which was um, very much a different sort of song for us. I don't know where this one come from. It kind of wrote itself. Most of it wrote itself in my head on the way to work one morning. It just popped in there and I couldn't get the fucking thing out. I wasn't too sure about it to begin with, but I've grown to really like it and I love the track now. So... uh, Have a listen, see if you like it. This is Crucified. Crucify. You gotta get crucified. 
come back to the Lionhearted album uh, a little bit later. Um, but I'm going to play something now. Uh, it's the only one I'm going to play from uh, our concept album, uh, Beyond the Cold Light of Day, from 2007. Um, it's a bit of an enigma, this album. And and me and Ian have spoke about it quite a lot. And we, we kind of felt... In hindsight, maybe we shouldn't have done it as retaliating. Maybe we should have done it as a as a project and named it something else. But I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it seems to be um, you either love it or hate it. it. There don't seem to be any middle ground with this album. Um, I've had some amazing feedback on it, but I've had people say that album was fucking shit, you know. So it is, it is a, a bit of an enigma. Um, and it always was going to be because it was us attempting a, a concept album and trying to tell a story. And, and from my point of view, I think we it's a, it's a good story. And I think we did okay. Musically, is it as strong as other stuff? Maybe not. Uh, I don't really know. But the, the track I'm going to play is the one for me, which is musically the standout track. It's my favourite track off, off that album. Um... So I'm going to play it. Um, and this is The Outcast. Thank you. 
So that was uh, The Outcast uh, from 2007, our album Beyond the Coal Light a Day, followed by Maximum Distortion from our debut album, Order of Chaos, in 1999. Uh, Maps, maximum Distortion, basically just a, a backlash, angry response to getting tucked up by Maximum Rock and Roll magazine. Um, that's why we wrote it. Uh, I, I sort of wanted to do a song that had that the business type feel, you know, um, that, how, how the business used to sound in the early eighties. I wanted to sort of capture a bit of that, and and that's that's the sound of Maximum Distortion. Whether whether we achieved that, I don't know. I I, I think we did, but um, it's a pretty good song. It, it wouldn't be on this. Um, it's not in my all-time favourite songs, but like I said, I wanted to pluck bits and bobs from all the different eras, and and it's it's a good song, so it made the cut. Um, anyway, so this takes us on to, well, is it a cover? Sort of. It well, not really. It's an adaptation of a theme tune. This next one, Guilty Records and Camden Town, uh, two thousand and three. Uh, vinyl single release uh, we wanted it was Ian's idea he, he told me about it one day we was coming back from uh, uh, the south coast where we were rehearsing at the time and he came up with the idea and I thought it was a great idea so I, I adapted it into a song it became a, a retaliator song and it's it's a bit different it's the Sweeney son we're the Sweeney son and we haven't had any dinner You've kept us waiting, so unless you want a kick and you tell us where those photographs are.
trousers on. You're nicked. Sweeney there um, from 2003. So let's bring this right back up to date again and get back to the Lionhearted album. Um, now, this album, we felt, we thought, when we recorded this album, we thought we have just recorded the best album that we've ever done by Country Mile. And, well, if you've read the book, you'll you'll know what I'm about to say, but if you haven't... Um, Basically, uh, it was a litmus test. It was, it was. We thought, you know, if this album doesn't set the world on fire among Oi fans, um, then maybe it's time to hang up our boots. Um, and that's kind of the way it went. We we didn't we didn't get the praise and the plaudits that we were hoping we were going to get after recording that album. And we always said years ago that the day you start recording albums that aren't as good as the previous album um, is is the day to give it up. But then it's all subjective because some people still think our first ever album is our best album. I think that's a crock of shit. I mean, that's, that's wrong because that was a hashed together a collection of re-recorded demo tapes and, and quickly written stuff to, to fill out an album, you know. I quite like the album. I've listened to it for the first time in years uh, in the last week. And, it, yeah, it's all right. It's not a bad album, but I don't see how it's our best. Musicians uh, and songwriters get better with every passing year. It, it's just the way it works. You, you learn your, your trade better every year. Um, and you become a better musician. You become a better songwriter. So I like to think that Lionhide is our best album to date. I don't know what what the rest of you out there think, um, but we sort of uh, took a step back after Lionhearted and didn't go out gigging. We the plan was that if Lionhearted took off really well, then we'd have to go and promote it. I wasn't overly keen on the idea. I was the stick in the mud. I didn't really want to go back to all that, um, and I, I I still don't. I still don't have a passport. It expired and I haven't renewed it. Um, but I really do want to play another gig in the UK, specifically down south. Um, that, that, that's no secret. Um, but anyway, um, we've started to rethink things and we've started to see now that Lionhearted is an appreciated album and people do rate it. Uh, it's just that you know the, the the sort of fanzines that we were getting sent lots of interviews and stuff in the early days had basically all stopped the internet had sort of choked that off and consequently it sort of choked off uh, a bit of feedback you'd think you'd get tons from the internet but you don't really it's surprising how how few interviews and reviews you see had we have seen uh, a few good reviews and, you know, a bit of uh, good feedback, would we have gone out and gigged? Yeah, possibly. I think we might have. Um, I, I could probably have been talked around, but it didn't happen. And so, uh, you know, that was that. But a bit of time's gone by now and we're thinking about doing something, you know. Uh, I don't want to say too much but the old beast might just be coming back to life in 
I don't know, one form or another. Not exactly sure if anything, but I think something is going to happen this year. Anyway, on that note, a nasty little song about a nasty little devil called Skinny Tin Ribs. pretty much become my favourite off that album. It's a bit different and very dark and just Basie's guitar just brought it to life and I love that song now. That's uh, one of my all-time favourite Retaliator tracks. That's, uh, as I said, from, from uh, Lionhearted 
which was released back in 2012. I mean, that's mad. That's four years ago. What the fuck? What's going on? Anyway, let's have another one off Lionhearted. Uh, let's have the title track now. Are you Lionhearted? And I hope you are, because you're going to fucking need to be with what's going on in this fucking country. For fuck's sake.
Let's have another one from the Patriotic Alcoholics EP. Incidentally, we recorded this EP back in 2001, and it never fucking occurred to us to go back into a studio and record another EP. We never never did it. You know, that, that format, the four-track EP, we never did it. So, uh, watch this space. Let's have a bit of fighting on the street, shall we?
Well, I hope you've enjoyed my little jaunt down retaliator memory lane. I have. It's been it's been good fun. And uh, if I'm getting through to people out there that haven't even heard Retaliator, then I'm a happy man because uh, the more people that hear hear my band, the happier I am. And the more people that like us on Facebook and stuff like that, don't think it isn't important to bands. It is. You, you, just that one little click, like the band, you know, to us, we go on there and see how many likes we've got. It is important. It sounds fucking muppetry, but it's true. You know, it's just one of these little feedback things that makes it all worthwhile. Uh, what, what's, the, what's the point of, of being in a band uh, if you haven't got a following? You need that following. That following is every much, every bit as important as the, the members in the band. And if the members in the band don't know that following's there, they don't know that support is out there, there ain't a lot of point of, of battling on with it. So... Uh, yeah, support bands, and uh, in particular, support my band, you fucking bastards. Anyway, um, play out track now, uh, bring this to a close. Now, for me, there could only ever be one play out track. Um, the, I think the, the best lyric I ever wrote, I think, because it, it, it chokes me up when I hear it, um, it it's not about a real person. I invented the person in, in the in the story. But let's face it, there's a lot of them out there. Old soldiers wondering what they what they fought for, you know, what they went through for. Only to see it all just given away, you know. Um and and to see see communists and Marxists taking over, you know, their beloved towns and cities where they grew up and, and you know they what they fought for in their pals units uh, so i invented this character um but for me he's very real and when i hear this song if i'm a bit if i'm a bit pissed and i'm in a darkened room with the headphones on and i listen to this i always get choked up especially especially right at the end um and it was the playout track on our 2001 album against the grain um, anyway, thanks for joining me. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself. I hope you have. Um, and I'll see you in a couple of weeks for The Bunker 9. This is Retaliator, and this has been the Retaliator special, and this is Epitaph. See ya. <laughs>
screams The fighting voice of my dying mind 